You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil and today I'm sitting in Matt's seat, which is pretty pretty crazy. I'm not used to this seat. It's a little warmer than I remember, even though he hasn't been here for two weeks. Do you feel like your sports knowledge has increased? I feel like my sports knowledge has increased and even more than that, my disdain for everyday life uh, has also increased and I'm ready to insult <laughs> is people. That, is that how you encapsulate Matt's personality? Uh, yeah, a lot of insults and uh, quitty... Quitty. Witty quips. That, that's a new word I'm going to coin. Quitty, quitty whips. Quitty whips. Sounds like two words. And that's also the name of a rapper. But uh, but yeah, my quitty whips, um, I'm ready to, to embark on the world. So Matt isn't here today. Uh, he unfortunately, he wants to be a trendsetter. And if you guys are familiar with the uh, Mormon Tabernacle Choir, there's only 360 <laughs> members. And Matt uh, took the pilgrimage out to Salt Lake to try and become the 361st member. Did you look that fact up on your phone just well now? i had it off the top of my head and i just wanted to make sure trivia wise that it was correct so that now people can remember there's 360 now that's people. pretty professional i gotta say i try to be professional so that's ken's voice uh, across from me uh wearing a blue shirt is jeff how are you jeff i'm pretty good how are you neil doing well just got to make sure that we differentiate you for the listeners because our voices are the same i right. think i think uh we've established now that i do sound like garfield according to uh, misinformation so <coughs> Yeah, well, we could see if that's true. Well, let's let's ask our special guest. Uh, Sarah Hines is here. Uh, she is uh, coming to us uh, from Omaha. Yes. Good. Okay, cool. So Omaha, <laughs> she works in Lincoln. We, we were talking about the commute before, but she's from Omaha. She's a Triviality Superstar on Patreon, and we thank her for that. But uh, you're joining us today before your big trip to Lollapalooza, but uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I found you guys via the algorithm. Oh, yes. um, <laughs> love the algorithm. So, been listening for a few months, uh, and just love trivia as a good way for the commute to go by. Nice. Um, and my friends and I were coming out here for Lala, and I hit you guys up and said, "Hey, if it works, I'm down and not doing anything Sunday morning." No offense to the acts that are Sunday first. So, um, just excited to be here. And thanks. Yeah. For having me and of course we're free on a sunday morning what else do we have to do so <laughs> yeah right yeah thank you for joining us and for finding us and uh listening to the show and supporting the show we really appreciate it yeah mm-hmm. 
Uh, and so you wrote a game for us today, uh, which we will get to in a second. But um, before we do that, I guess we have to hear what the rules of the game are. So let's go to Darren and see what he has to say. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on 5 categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Interesting delivery there. Um, yeah. Sarah was telling us before that she saw Lil Wayne last night, and he kind of did it in an auto-tune Lil Wayne style. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think about that, Sarah? Uh, better that than Bob Dylan. Oh. <laughs> We'll have, to, we'll have to ask him about that for next Rules time. Rules of the game are simple. <laughs> we did uh, we did ask him to appear on a game, so we'll see what happens. We've reached out. We've made first contact, uh, as the aliens do, and we'll see what he says. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that coming to fruition, for sure. I think it's going to break my brain. It yeah. is. To have him here in, here in the studio. It's going to be person. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. I'll probably skip him. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll keep you all updated, but... Um, Sarah, we appreciate you writing this game, and um, we're going to do a three-for-all here. So it's going to be Jeff versus Neil versus Ken. Uh, as I said, Matt is at the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, but we are ready for the game you prepared. Well, there is a Garfield question. A Garfield question. So Perfect. I don't know that much about Garfield other than he likes lasagna and hates Mondays, but uh, we'll see how it goes. All right. First up, round one. Who was the very first musical guest on SNL in 1975? who also has the same name as a character in SNL alum Tina Fey's movie Mean Girls. I'm trying to remember that movie. I guess I don't remember the character names too well. Yeah, I don't either. I just remember all like the situations they got in, like uh, Amy Poehler being the fun mom who's like, oh, you can have alcohol, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Um, cool mom. The cool mom, yeah. We always joked that one of our friends uh, growing up had that mom. But, oh, uh, did they? A little bit. A little bit? Yeah. Little bit. They wore the tracksuits? Yeah. No, not not so much the tracksuits or the alcohol, but it was a pretty cool mom, wouldn't you say? You know, I, I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Hashtag cool mom. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go in with a guess here because I really don't know. Jeff does like the 70s, uh, so I'm trying to figure out from his facial expression if he has any idea. I'm just trying to go through the, the characters' names because it's Katie is Lindsay Lohan. Um, I can't believe I'm forgetting uh, Rachel McAdams' name. Um, Regina. Regina. Yeah, Regina George. Um, That's not a musical artist, I don't think. No, I don't think so. Is one of them named Preston? Billy? <laughs> Are you locked in with a guess, Jeff? No, I've got no idea. All right. Okay. I, I don't have any idea, uh, so I'm going to lock in. All right. I uh, started it off. I'm going to say Elvis Costello had the privilege of being the first to be banned and the first performance. Hmm. Um, I just I know Andy Kaufman was on, I think, the first episode and he kind of lip synced. I don't know if they consider that musical guest, but I just said Andy Kaufman. Uh, so I knew Regina George. So I went George Harrison. Hmm. It was Janice Ian. Ooh, Janice Ian. Is that one of the mean girls? She is Katie's best friend. Oh, OK. Oh. Kind of the oh emo yeah, yeah, yeah. Goth. Okay. yes yes that's yeah Billy Preston actually you said I think he was also a musical guest oh was that a um, performer mm-hmm. oh interesting hmm. I don't know where you pulled that out from but I, was I don't either game. so 
All right, number two. Sticking with the musical route, Jane's addiction frontman Perry Farrell created Lollapalooza as their farewell tour in 1991. Nine other bands were listed on the lineup poster back then. Name any one of them. Oh, man. You said 1991? 1991. Or I guess there's more on the lineup, but um, the poster only had a few. Okay. Uh, so one guess to get one of them, right? Mm-hmm. All right, I'm locked in. I took a guess. Yeah, I'm just going to I'm gonna say it's in a similar musical vein. Um, I've seen these guys once. Um, what did Jane tell you the answer is? Jane said... Uh, <laughs> That it was, well, Jane said, first of all, I'm addicted. Can you help me? Um, I actually read the story of where the name comes from, but um, I'm going to say Alice in Chains. I'm going to come right down the mountain here and say uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I want Stone Temple Pilots. No, none of them. Oh. So, <laughs> so, um, the ones you might recognize, Nine Inch Nails, uh, Ice Tea, um, the butthole surfers. Oh. oh no, that's that's crash test dummies. Crash test dummies. <laughs> Sorry, I always mix those two up. But I don't I don't remember if it's the crash test dummies who have buttholes that surf or whatever. Butthole it is, but. surfers did. Uh... Crash test dummies do not have buttholes, Neil. Just for the record. <laughs> they should if they're trying to be anatomically correct for the crash test versions. Was butthole surfers the? Yes, that's them, right? Maybe. Oh, Sarah doesn't know. I don't know. We're just going to say it is. All right, sorry. The rest of the band? Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Susie and the Banshees? Hmm. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that one right. Living Color, uh, Rollins Band, EBN, Lords of Acid, and Violent, Fem- Violent Femmes. That's a pretty That's cool lineup. I would go to that year. Yeah. yeah. I hope the Rollins Band is actually just Lou Rollins. The Lou Rollins <laughs> Band at Lala. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Chicago. <laughs> Just a, that's such a deep reference. I'm sorry for people who know Lou Rollins. It's like 25 people who are thinking that that reference is perfect. Yeah, everybody's like, he nailed it. Sorry. All right. Number three. Another music one. Name as, or name one of the names that Lou Bega rattles off in Mambo number five. Ooh, I'm locked um, in yeah. on that one. How many would you like? <laughs> you only need one. I said one, but if you want to go all nine... To- all right, for whatever reason, I'm going to go with uh, Monica. I also went with Monica. I knew you would, so I went Jessica just for a little bit of Is variety. Monica the first one? Uh, Monica in, in my yep. life. All right. Yep. Mm-hmm. You could have also had Angela, Pamela, Sandra, Rita, Erica, Tina, Mary. You know, as you continued that list, they were all getting sweeter somehow. <laughs> I mean, sweeter. Lou Bega. I, I hate you right now. <laughs> I don't know if that was a musical question. <laughs> That's a well. That's it, it is a, a famous song. lyrics. Were you a fan of that song, Sarah? Oh, for sure. Yeah, were you for rocking sure. it did on the way that, to the studio? Did you get that LP back no. in the day? They had a a Disney version too that okay. they made. Did they really? So they put like you know Daisy in there and Minnie. Did they have like there. Jasmine and or no? It was sung by Donald Duck. Uh, uh, sad day though, but uh, the voice of Minnie actually just passed away. No, yeah, come on, Sorry. this is Jeff's job. <laughs> I know, I'm in Matt's seat. I'm all out of my element. I don't know, but she was great. Sorry, Sarah. You're <laughs> bringing it down. You're all good. I should just say this is probably like a music round ish. That's fine. That's okay. We're happy with that. All right, next one. We all know Wayne Garth and Company were singing Bohemian Rhapsody in the car scene from Wayne's World. What song do Alice, Derek, and their kids sing in the car in Step Brothers? You know what's funny is I've never actually seen all of Step Brothers. Step Brothers. So this is... Um, I've since forgotten most of that except for the... 
the Catalina wine mixer. So, <laughs> so this is Richard Jenkins' character and the wife. No, uh, Adam Scott. Adam. Oh, okay. Oh, one of my favorites. Hmm. I, so I have no idea. So I'm just gonna lock in with a random guess because I, like I said, I haven't seen all of it. Yeah, I can't remember this either. Um. All right, I'm in. I'm trying to think of something that has a similar vibe of like being really full and. Wait, I'm out. Uh, okay, I'm in. Okay, you good? Yep. Cool. Um, well, I was hoping that the question here was what song does Wayne get stopped playing on guitar, which is Stairway to Heaven. Um, <laughs> You're going to spew, spew on this. Oh, that was a bad impression. Sorry. Point, to, point to the sign that says no stairway. Um, uh, I'm going to go with a different Queen song. I'm going to go Bicycle. Yeah, I had no idea. I just trying to think of one that there's a lot of yelling, so I just put... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us by Starship. And uh, I put Pour Some Sugar on Me. All good guesses. All good songs, but it was Sweet Child of Mine. Oh, guns. We weren't weren't completely in the wrong genre there. GNR, as the fans call them. (laughs) I guess. You guess? As if you aren't a huge GNR fan? Well, well, yeah. I do do enjoy them. Um, You like a lot of hair metal, don't you? I do love 80s 80s loud hair metal because I do love to also wear tight pants. I don't have long hair, but I you do, do like, love how ostentatious it is for I the do. sake of it. I do. I'd put on makeup in a second. And uh, hair metal might as well be a boat movie for me. So, oh, you're not? Yeah, you're not I'm a fan not, of hair not metal. Not a fan of boat movies or hair metal. Okay, so that's that's definitely if we're yeah, that's going to go on your dating profile then. <laughs> no boat movies, no hair metal. <laughs> don't know who you're going to get from that. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 been the history so far. So, all right, next one. What was the name of the Mama and Papa's hit song that peaked at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 in May 1966? Yikes. I'm going to lock in. I'm going to lock in. I don't know if this is even a Mama and Papa song. This might be a Carpenter's song. I can't differentiate the two. Well, the Carpenters, I always feel like, are very soft. And the Mamas and Papas, I feel like there's always a tambourine. (laughs) Someone's always got a tambourine. Is that the rule? I think so. If you're in the Mamas and Papas, you have a tambourine in your hand. Were they all parents in the Mamas and Papas? It was just an incest band. Okay. It's funny you should say that because my gut wanted to go Afternoon Delight. Um, and there's that great scene from Arrested Development when uh, Michael and Maybe are singing it together. Um, but I chose differently. What'd you choose? I went California Dreamin'. I also went California Dreamin'. Me too. As as featured in Chunking Express. It was not California oh. Dreamin'. <laughs> <laughs> That song actually never hit number one. It was Monday Monday. Oh, is Monday yeah. Monday. Is yeah. California Dreamin' at least Mama's in the Pop? It is. Yeah. All right. So okay. Good enough. So good enough. Monday Monday. Ah, I um, about that song. So after five. I should have known that as Garfield. Yes. Do, do you have points? Ten. All right. So Lou Bega is our savior. Yeah. yeah currently, um, yes. So ten <laughs> points for all of us, I think, right? Yep. Okay. Cool. That's the episode title. Lou Vega. <laughs> Ve- what, what, is it Vega or Vega? Vega. Vega. Vega yeah. is from Street Fighter. There's, there's right? the Vega Boys, and then there's Lou Vega. But the then Ve- there's Lou the Venga. That's the Venga Boys. The Venga. The Vega Bonds. Oh, the Vega Bonds. So it's yeah. it's Lou Vega and his Venga Boys <laughs> with Venga Bonds. His, his Venga Vega Bonds? Yeah. All right. Next one. Ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's do it. All right. President Ronald Reagan waived the federal rules that prohibited anyone who wasn't Navy or Coast Guard to be buried at sea for this musician okay so we're looking for a musician who would want to be buried at sea it's definitely not jimmy buffett it's like the first name that came to my head <laughs> he's still alive he's still alive um I th- he's, <laughs> he's, he's buried at sea <laughs> <laughs> he's buried near sea he's buried under margaritas yeah these are good questions i feel 
so bad. Now, the listeners at home are going to be like, God, you guys are idiots, but... He's buried near sea, but, like, in a fun way where his head is, like, above the sand. He's just, like, and maybe his feet are... I was going to say, he's got to be, like, like nipple deep, and then just enough <laughs> he's got his, like, arm out so he can still chug a marg. Right, you know so. how they have those things where they put the shark fin on your head and you can swim around? He's got, like, a parrot, so, like, when he goes under, there's, like, a little parrot, so you know fins where he is. to the left, fins to the right. My, I think my favorite parody of Jimmy Buffett-style culture is the uh, crab catchers in 30 Rock. So good. How many TV references are you going to squeeze in here? All of them. Is that a parody or a parrot? Ooh, <laughs> gotcha. All right, let's see. Um, musicians. Yeah, who'd want to be buried at sea? Sebastian? <laughs> that came out after Reagan was president. If you're talking about We're going to let Mermaid. that crab go in the sea. Let him. <laughs> let's see. Um, what was that guy's name? Beyond the Sea guy. What's his name? <laughs> Bobby Darren? Bobby Darren. That's what I'm going to say. I have no idea. I'm just going to I'm gonna lock in. Um, I'm locked in. I uh, I figured maybe it was a fellow cowboy. So I went uh, Gene Autry for Ooh. no reason. Ooh. And I said Bobby Darren. Uh, and I said Bob Marley. It was Dennis Wilson from the Beach Boys. Oh, oh that makes sense. I was trying to think of water-related musicians right. and I just couldn't get there. I wanted to go water-related actors, but I couldn't think of anyone. No beach is good enough for him. Put him in the sea. <laughs> All right. As of Monday, July 29th, the song Old Town Road broke the Billboard Hot 100 record for longest-running number one song for a 17th consecutive week. The record was previously shared by two songs, both spending 16 weeks at number one. Name either one of them. It's so funny you had this question because I saw the article and I was like, oh, I should look to see who previously held it just in case. And you called my bluff, Just but I have a nice. I have I an knew idea. it was seventeen weeks. I have a guess. I don't. I don't think it's right. I think I know the musician. I do. I, I'm really bad <laughs> I'm pretty with sure this about person's that. songs, though. Are you locked in? No, I don't know. I'm trying to get to the song. God, I can't think of a single song. This I person. looked this list up like three months ago, and now I can't remember. Also, I don't want to live on this planet anymore, based on <laughs> this being the most popular song of all time in in this uh, parameter. I think I'm on the wrong list, so mine will make sense, but I think it's in the wrong, it's the wrong area. It's funny, because I think you're going to go the same direction I might end up going, but just because I can't remember the other one I was thinking of. All right, I'm locked in. This so, is the song that's like, ran or phone or hair or no. No, no, no. So, um, yeah, right? <laughs> oh, got, like the current song? My, yeah. yeah, yeah. I got my caps yeah. on my hair or no, right? <laughs> okay. Yes, you are correct about that. So, um... I'm pretty sure one of the songs is um, Boys to Men or Boys to Men slash Mariah Carey. I can't remember. Ooh, that pretty one sure I did in the talent show. Probably. Yeah. I don't remember the name of that one. So I went with a recent one that I'm pretty sure only made it to like 13 or 14 weeks, but I went Despacito. Yeah. So. You were thinking of One Sweet Day. Um, Maybe. There yeah. might be another one out there too, though. Like oh, I said, though, Despacito. I put Despacito, but I was thinking that it was number one for YouTube, and I don't know if that translated to Billboard, but I went Despacito. Uh, I was almost positive it had to do with uh, Mariah Carey, uh, but I can't think of a single Mariah Carey song. It's just not my bag, so I went with I, I, I Will Always Love You. It was Despacito or One Sweet Day. 
It's a one sweet, one sweet day. Um, yeah, no, it's Brian Carey and Boyz II Men. I think I tell the story, but I, I loved that song and I was obsessed with it. And um, there was a, a girl. You, you and a bunch of other people, seems like. Yeah, and it was a girl named uh, Lisa in, oh in fourth grade, fifth grade. And I was Is like, this let's. name redacted? Yeah, no, it's not a last name. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> and I said, we should do it for a talent show. And they're like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And I, I learned all the parts, all the Boyz II Men parts. And then she was going to sing all the Mariah Carey parts. And then the talent show comes up. And she's like, ah, I don't want to do it. So we just never did it. And so now I sing at karaoke by myself, but did both you parts. Do, did you do both parts at the talent show? No, I didn't. I was too embarrassed. I didn't want to go up there. You I've done both act. parts at karaoke. Finally, Neil makes the right decision. <laughs> you know, it's that one. I'm like, no, that's all you I get. Don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's a great song. Epic. I, yeah. So I remembered they shared one, but I didn't know the song. So now I know. Yeah. Okay. I could just ask Neil for it. Yeah, yes. there you go. All right. Smack that right there over and over. <laughs> And Tipsy were all songs from four different rappers born in what U.S. city? Oh, no. Here's a little story. Uh, <laughs> at the University of Iowa, it was the first time I ever drank, okay? First time I ever drank was a Long Island iced tea that a oh. senior at uh, University of Iowa was like, if you give me a dollar, I'll get you a Long Island iced tea, even though you're 18. And I said, uh, I said okay. So I gave him a dollar. And then Tipsy came on, on the, rate, on the, the speakers. And it was so loud and so bumping. By the end of the song, I was already drunk before it ended because I had chugged along. He's like, just chug it. It's like iced tea. And it was not like iced tea. <laughs> and then I went home and I called my mom and I told her that. Uh, right. Well, no, I called her and I said, mom, 50 Cent is ruining the youth of America with his lyrics. And she goes, what are you talking about? And I was I was really drunk. Anyway, it's University of Iowa. But uh, but that's Jay Kwan, I think, that does Tipsy. Um and I love that song. So I'm, I'm going to... Despite the bad memory? Oh, no. That's one of my favorite songs of all time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock in. That's a bumper, as they call it. Yeah, I'm locked in, too. All right. Uh, I'll take a guess on... Uh, I'll go Miami. Okay. I said uh, NYC, because a lot of people come from there. Yeah, that's a good guess. I can't remember if he's from here, but there's a great rap scene in Atlanta. So I went with Atlanta. It's actually St. Louis. No! It's Akon, Chingy, Nelly... And Jaquan. Jay, Jaquan, at least. Yeah, oh, Chingy, Chingy, that's right. Chingy was, uh, yeah. Chingy, mm-hmm. Chingy's is right there, right there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Brent Bullmeyer, big Jaquan fan. <laughs> he would have gotten that one. We're finding out right now that uh, my weak point in music is all genres. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that's not speed metal. Yeah, right. Math core. Yep. And Grind, I think grindcore. that's it. Grindcore. Yep. That's the three. All right, going away from the last music. Who was the voice behind Gossip Girl? So not the character or the actor that played the character, but the narrator. Bob Sackett, right? 100% locked in yeah, on this one. Yeah, I know, because you're a huge fan of hers. Oh. All right, I'm locked in. What do you got? Uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. No. Oh, that was close. <laughs> that was old Neil. Old Neil. Or young Neil. Sorry, young Neil. It's Veronica Mars, Ken. Yes. Well, I'm a big fan of... What's her name? Yeah, I'm getting there. Hold on. Oh, you uh, don't even know it. It's great. I'm not going to say it. Got him. Uh, That's me and Neil high-fiving. Hold on. I'll get there. You just need to give uh, me a minute. I blanked on it, but... This is great. Set, watch the, set the timer. Square. Set the timer. Timer has started. No, I have her first name. Uh, Kristen Bell. Oh, okay. Yeah, as much as Sucks. I... It's very I, disappointing. As much as I love Blake Lively, I, I love Kristen Bell more, so it's Kristen Bell. All right. I'm suffering here. I can only think of Dax, honestly. I'm having, like, a, I'm having a good time, but I'm not getting answers right. Maybe some math will help you. Mm. <laughs> Seems unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, but the last music question of the round with some math. Take the number of women on Glen Fry's mind and take it easy and add the number of days it'll be until this bare naked ladies say they're sorry. All right, Sarah. All right. <laughs> I see what you did there. Well done. Well done, Sarah. All right. Uh, I'm locked in. Uh, I'll start because I, I, I don't. I, I need to get Glen Fry real quick. Sorry. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll talk anyway because I've never heard either of these songs. I think I've heard I'm Sorry by Bare Naked Ladies, but um, my friend Phil is a big Bare Naked Ladies fr- uh, fan. He calls them b and I'll give you a clue that doesn't help. The song is one week. Oh, it is one week? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I thought that's what it is. I thought it might have been their uh, their ballad or whatever. But anyway, I don't know the Glenn Fry song. Um, I don't even know the lyrics. I can't remember of Bare Naked Ladies. So I just said eight. Uh, I think it's maybe three women on his mind because he says one that's going to something, one that's going to something, one, one that's going to hold me, one other. that's going to scold me, one who says she's a friend of mine. So I said three. And I think it's also three for the Bare Naked Ladies song. But like I said, uh, the syllable goes by so quick that now that it's in question form, like if I was singing it, I'd be okay. But in question form, I'm confused. It might be two. Um, but I said six total. Admittedly, I thought he says there's seven women on my mind, um, but I can only count three. So I went three and I'm pretty sure it's two days till we say we're sorry. It so I be. went five. You were cool. You were the closest. Oh, really? Neil, but your deduction was best. It's seven women on his mind. And then it goes like four that wanted to. Um, four. That's where my math was wrong. And then Bare Naked Ladies is two. Damn it. So <laughs> the answer is nine. nine. Oh, nine. Uh, and what was the, you said it was one to hold me, one to what? It's like four that want to. Ho- hold me, two that want to scold me, I guess. And one one says she's a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. So how does that work for us four? Uh, for, <laughs> MS, for Matt. Matt is the one who wants to scold you for sure. Yeah. Uh, so at least I was close, even though it was a complete guess. I'm I upset. had that one in my hands, and I let it go. All right. After the first round of uh, uh, all music questions, pretty much, except for the, the last one, I guess I had a little bit of math. Uh, it looks like Ken has 10 points. Uh, I have 30 points, and Jeff has 40 points. So pretty tight game. The questions are great. Uh, we're just off our, our game today. Before we get into Sarah's swing round, I uh, wanted to talk a little bit about Patreon. Um, we've had some really fun bonus episodes lately. Um, along with a lot of uh, the great perks we've been sending out as far as uh, limited edition posters and um, Triviality Loot Crate boxes. But Jeff, can you tell people a little bit about what they can expect on Patreon? Then I have a little uh, tease here uh, for them as well. So thanks, Neil. Yes, uh, on Patreon you can find bonus episodes, which is one of the things that I'm proudest of that we do. Uh, But we also have a lot of great uh, things that we send out to patrons at all levels. Um, Little extras, little custom things that you can get from us, including audio recordings, which... Somebody messaged me the other day saying that they've got a doozy for us, so I'm waiting for that one to hit our inbox. A doozy? Uh, yeah, I'm waiting to see what the request That's is. probably Neil doing one of his impressions, <laughs> and we have nothing to do with it again. I did do a Dutch Boy ringtone that was pretty ridiculous. I have to admit that's pretty great and that's a one-off that's that's only for that person to enjoy so if you are interested in becoming a patron uh, aside from all the great perks that we offer everybody there are some little extras if you are willing to support us at certain levels but you so, do get a nickel every time the ringtone goes off right i do yeah it goes to, first it goes to spotify and then it comes back to me and then the lawyers and everything so i get about a cent yeah, you get like a quarter cent <laughs> yeah yeah uh, which is great for Neil. Uh, this is a great opportunity for him to bust out his Dutch boy ringtone making skills. Um, but no, uh, so if you're interested in supporting us, patreon.com slash triviality podcast, links in the show notes. Yeah, and a little tease here on a future Patreon bonus. Uh, we did one that was uh, Neil's scrapbook, which was from fifth grade, Miss Keller's class. Uh, but now I, I happen to find a couple old yearbooks of mine, and I just happened to open a page that had a picture of me. 
And it was me in Once on this Island, the musical, my sophomore year. And I played a character named Armand. And uh, I just happened to read the the nicely worded um, subtext here from one of the students who wrote it. And it made me laugh because it was just uh, just kind of funnily worded. So it says, playing the part, rehearsing lines during practice for the spring musical Once on this Island is junior Neil Fisher and graduate name redacted. I had a lot of fun with the people involved in the musical. We became a family, said Fisher. Fisher played Armand, a wealthy womanizer. <laughs> it's a funny choice of words there. Bring, bring it home strong. So yeah, maybe we can all bust out our yearbooks and find I like some when, when life partially imitates art, because you're just like a poor womanizer now, right? Uh, I'm a poorer womanizer, and what was funny about that was is they somehow knew that I was really into Daniel Day-Lewis, and I was really method, so I was just sleeping around with a lot of older women. So... Uh, <laughs> Anyway, and ordering very large, elaborate breakfasts. Yes, yeah, lots of different sausages and eggs cooked a certain way and, and whatnot. And tapping on your glass eye. Uh, but yes, thank you for everyone who supports us on Patreon. Uh, just like Sarah, uh, we appreciate it. So, uh, Sarah, what do you have in store for us for the swing round? Dogs. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> this is Ken's Achilles heel. <laughs> the whole game is this so is... great. This is just a game. You're just punching Ken like with lefts and right. Okay. Um dogs so these are all dogs from tv shows or movies mm. that's better for you name the dog breed name the dog breed and oh the name <laughs> <laughs> i like it's worse and the name of the dog okay okay so dog breed and name of the dog all right the list is number one the dog from peanuts number two the dog who accompanies the mystery ink three the dog from garfield Four, the dog from The Simpsons. Five, the dog from The Jetsons. Six, the dog from The Wizard of Oz. Seven, the dog from this 2000 movie where his owner is played by Frankie Muniz. Eight, the dog from Pocahontas. Nine, the dog in this 1996 Disney movie whose lover is Pongo. And 10, Andy's real dog from Toy Story, not his toy dog Slinky. Okay, we're going to take a few minutes to go through these, and we will get back with our answers. Uh, in the meantime, if you guys haven't joined our private Facebook group, The Crop, make sure to join us over there and interact with other listeners. You can uh, have fun conversations, answer questions, and also comment on each episode as it drops every Tuesday or Friday, I suppose, for the bonus. Right, Jeff? Mm-hmm. That's All correct. Right. Well, yeah, join us over there at The Crop. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Well, or call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. 
I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we have all of our answers locked in. So let's go through that list one more time and we will reply with our answers. All right, the dog from Peanuts. All right, so this is maybe the easy one. We'll see about the breed. Uh, but Snoopy and uh, I think he's a beagle. I went Snoopy and beagle. Uh, yeah, Snoopy's a beagle. Correct. All right, some points. Ooh. All right, the dog who accompanies the Mystery Inc. So I believe this is Scooby-Doo and uh, Great Dane. Yep, one of my favorites of all time, Scooby-Doo and Great Dane. Ah, I said Scooby-Doo, but I thought he was a bloodhound. Great Dane. It would make sense if he was a bloodhound. It would make more sense. Except they're not usually tracking blood trails. They're usually just unmasking the person that they talked to at the beginning of the episode. So Right. Spoilers. Spoilers. Oh, yeah. sorry. For every episode. Sorry. <laughs> Ruin the entire series in one fell swoop. The dog from Garfield. I think we were all pretty much in agreement that this is Odie, but uh, as for his breed, um, doesn't really match anything that exists in the real world, so I put yellow floppy ear dog. Yeah, I put Odie, and I was thinking maybe like Labrador, but he had the floppy ears, so uh, I didn't know, and I, I he doesn't seem like a bloodhound, but I just put bloodhound. Uh, I said Odie was a beagle. <laughs> So, he apparently is a dachshund. Really? Uh, he's so big, though. Maybe he's not, I guess, compared to Garfield. a long body? I'm trying to see this. A little bit. All right, the dog from The Simpsons. All right, that is Santa's little helper, and uh, they got him from the Greyhound track, so Greyhound. I put Greyhound, and I, I, I don't know if this is account for credit, but I just put Santa's helper. I don't know. Uh, it's Santa's little helper, and I said a Greyhound. He's not a regular-sized helper, unfortunately. <laughs> Neil. Okay, no points. The dog from the Jetsons. Uh, this was probably the hardest one. I said his name was Saucer and that he's a terrier of some sort. Uh, I put Rocket and that he's a robot. So I thought maybe he was trying to suck up to his boss and George named him Sprocket. So I said Sprocket and I thought he was a wolfhound. All good guesses, but it's Astro and he's a Great Dane. Another Great oh, Dane. Oh, that's right. I can see him now. Yeah. The Wizard of Oz dog. Okay, I said Toto and uh, Yorkshire Terrier. I also went Toto, Yorkshire Terrier. I went Toto, but I think he's a Scottish Terrier. It's Toto, and in the movie, the dog that played him is a Karen Terrier. Karen, Karen Terrier. Terrier. Never okay. heard that. The dog from this 2000 movie, where his owner is played by Frankie Muniz. I said uh, the dog's name is Malcolm, and he's a middlehound. <laughs> uh, just because of uh, Ken's history with this breed, I said that he was an Irish wolfhound, 
and I said his name. My uh, history with the breed. Got one question wrong. <laughs> uh, yeah, I said he was an Irish wolfhound, and uh, I, I had no idea. I said his name was Danny. Uh, I thought this was a spot, but I couldn't remember the breed. So, No, it was the movie My Dog Skip. His name Skip. is Skip, and he's a Jack Russell Terrier. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see that now. The dog from Pocahontas. Said uh, the dog was named John Rolfe, and <laughs> it's a chihuahua, I think. Oh, no. Oh, it's a pug. But, yeah, okay. it's a pug. <laughs> uh, yep, it's a pug, and uh, I believe with the alliteration, it's Percy Pug. Mm, Percy Percival, I could see that. Um, I figured he wouldn't name him after a king, but I said maybe he named him after Francis Drake, so I said Francis the Pug. It is a pug, and his name is Percy. Good job, Neil. The dog in this 1996 Disney movie whose lover is Pongo. Uh, the lady dog is Perdita and uh, Dalmatian. Oh, wow. I was way off. Uh, I had no idea. <laughs> so I said German Shepherd and Hans. Yeah, this is the 1996 live action Glenn Close remake of 101 Dalmatians. So I said uh, Dalmatian. This is uh, Pongo and Perdita. Correct. Dalmatian. Her name was Perdita. Hmm. And Andy's real dog from Toy Story, not his toy dog Slinky. Well, I remember. I remember this is like a like a real droopy dog. So I said Basset Hound. Um, mm. I don't remember the name. I just said Alice. I don't know. I had absolutely no idea. So I said Golden Retriever named Tungy. I thought this one was a Dachshund, but I couldn't come up with a name. It is a Dachshund, and his oh. name is Buster. Buster. Oh, it's way off. So mad. Not as droopy as I thought. All right, looks like after the swing round, the scores are 30 points for Ken, 45 for myself, and 55 for Jeff, who is in the lead. So I'll take it away, Sarah, for round two. Round Jeff is in the lead. What a jerk. It's very open to change. Taking I mean, you down when the second round is movies. Whoever has, whoever has 45 is 10, one question behind me. All right, Don Messick was the original voice behind many cartoon characters, including Scooby-Doo, Bam Bam from the Flintstones, and multiple characters from this Hanna-Barbera animated production based on a Belgian comic series of the same name. Rutro. What is the TV series called? <laughs> a bel- All right, Hanna-Barbera based on a Belgian comic series. Okay, I'm locked in. I'm going to put in one of uh, Neil's favorites with a guess. Oh, this is so wrong. Uh, I'm just going to say Josie and the Pussycats. I said Yogi Bear. Yeah, I was going to go Wacky Races for Neil, but I ended up going with Yogi Bear. I think he did actually voice a character in that, but the comic based on the Belgian comic series was the Smurfs. Oh, the Smurfs. Oh, yeah. What was the name of the villain in the Smurfs? The Smurfs was Hanna-Barbera? I always want to call him Ganondorf, but um, it's something like that. Gar- Gargamel. Gargamel. It, yeah. I didn't realize Smurfs was Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, me too. All right. Number two, <laughs> what character has been portrayed by over 75 actors and holds the record as the most portrayed literary human character on TV and film with over 250 appearances? I think I'm pretty good on this one. Literary human. Human or humanoid? Human. Right, so you get where I was going for humanoid or yeah. human. So yeah, I, I think it was I have Dracula, this. but uh, human character. Uh, I'm just going to... Jonathan Harker. Jonathan Harker? Okay. I still went Dracula despite the fact that human is questionable. I could be way off, but this is probably my favorite um, literary character of all time, and I believe this is correct, but I, I think it's Sherlock Holmes. It is Sherlock Holmes. Just it makes way more sense. I'm not clicking today. 
So the non-human character is Dracula. Yeah. So Dracula and Sherlock Holmes. That's a good buddy cop movie. Shucks. <laughs> Who was the first female athlete to have a shoe named after her? And if it helps, it was in 1995. I feel like Matt would have an edge here. He's a shoe guy. I'm in Matt's seat right now. I'm trying to get his trying essence. To channel it. I, all I smell is Axe. But <laughs> I, I have an answer. I think it's probably incorrect, but I was between two names, but I'm good. Uh, I, I just went Mary Lou Retton for fun. Um, I went Flojo. Uh, I went with Jackie Joyner Kersey. That was my other. That too. was my other guess. Yeah, all good guesses, but it was Cheryl Swoops. Oh, Cheryl Swoops, Swoops. for the Nike Air Swoops. Oh, that was a mad question for sure. Oh yeah, I completely forgot about Cheryl Swoops. All right, this artist, well known for painting urban landscapes with figures known as matchstick men, declined a record five British honors, including knighthood, during his lifetime. Yikes. It's a huge gap in knowledge. I can name a bunch of American painters and French painters. A few Dutch painters. A couple Dutch. Some some Spanish. Maybe one Dutch. A couple Mexican painters. Yeah. Italian painters. Yeah. Sculptors even. I have no idea. I have. I have Sweeney Todd. <laughs> Sweeney Todd. Uh, I, I had no idea. I just went with the last name Jones. I said Oliver Cromwell. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it was Ellis Lowry. Ellis? Lowry. Is that L-O-W-R-Y? Yes. Ellis Lowry. Hmm. All right. Edward Perkins turned this, turned his liquid concentrate fruit smack into the powder for this drink invented in, shout out, Hastings, Nebraska. Locked in? I'm, I'm cool with an answer. I'm going to lock in with Kool-Aid. Yeah. Uh, Kool-Aid is what I said. I'm going to go with Tang. It's Kool-Aid. Oh Tang was NASA, Ken. I think this is as, as good a time as... Whatever happened to Tang? You can still get it. Where? When's the last time you saw Tang? Like in a store? Yeah. Oh, decades. Do they? St- that, it's not around anymore, is it? it? I don't know. I presume it is. I guess you can get it, right? There's got to be the Ovaltine aisle. <laughs> um, this is as, as good a time as any, just to let you guys know that I do have some Kool-Aid here. And if you drink it, we're all going to... We're all going to be in the... I thought it was on to something with the tang. <laughs> Does anyone want to drink my Kool-Aid? Uh, I'll, yes. I'll pass I, Mr. Jones. I've only got 30 <laughs> points, so yes, I'll drink the Kool-Aid. We'll see, yeah, we'll see how the rest of this game goes if we need to drink the Kool-Aid or not. What, do you, what, what are your thoughts on the Kool-Aid man always busting in places? He as just long break... as it's not my house, I'm cool with it. Because you're excited that he's there, but then you just realize you have like $5,000 of renovation costs. I'm not excited that he's there. I just love the surprise and also the home destruction. And do any of the pieces of the house go in the Kool-Aid container? And you got to deal with your insurance company and explain that to them. That a giant pitcher of Kool-Aid. And they'll probably blame you because you were making Kool-Aid. And, well, and honestly, if you file a complaint that an anthropomorphized pitcher of Kool-Aid smashed through your wall, I don't think your insurance company will take you seriously. So you're saying he said, oh, yeah, upon entry? <laughs> oh, yeah. Sarah, you said you're a copywriter. How would you spin that to get people to uh, be okay with the Kool-Aid man breaking their house? He's cool. Yeah. Okay. It's in the name. We'll make you hip. He's so on that. I, uh, I took work off on my birthday Mm -hmm. this year and it was kind of a running joke on our team, the Kool-Aid man, like sending gifts back and forth. And, uh, so I I was sitting at a Culver's and I got a text from who I thought was a coworker. It was an unknown number, but I was like, they know it's my birthday. I took it off. I'm not there. And it was just like, happy birthday, Sarah. And I thought it was one of them. So I was, and they said it was like from like, this is our like CEO. And I was like, 
they're just playing a joke on me. This is not really our CEO sending me a text message. And so I was going to be like, yeah, right, or like some super sarcastic thing. But I was like, oh, I know it's like Robin or Cameron. So I sent a Kool-Aid gift man, and it actually was our CEO. <laughs> he never replied, but I like got back to work, and I was like, who, who did this? Like, who was this? And they're like, his niece CEO. works on our team. And he's like, yeah, that's his number. Did he ever, <laughs> ever talk to you about he it? He never acknowledged oh, it. Oh, no. At least it was just the Kool-Aid, man. Could've it it could have been worse, like worse. me could've being been. like really... Oh. So now the one time you're going to see the CEO, he's, you're going to be there and he's going to be like, oh, I, I got some Kool-Aid for you. And it's your favorite, right? And you're like, uh, yeah. That's why, that's why Sarah has a huge Kool-Aid man back tattoo. She yeah. does. She I would does. love it was if it was like never acknowledged, but they had a whole conversation at the end and he's like, oh, yeah. And then he just walks away. <laughs> <laughs> see, Kool-Aid man, uh, just it was actually born from the idea that he was an assassin and all the Kool-Aid in his picture is actually the blood of his victims. <laughs> I think this is the longest I've consecutively talked about the Kool-Aid man. It's a Guinness World Record, folks. All right, question six, which hopefully will not be about the Kool-Aid man. No. The former CEO of Microsoft. This guy is also the owner of the LA Clippers, making him closer to a baller than his last name. Locked in. Oh, first and last name? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Required? Okay. What do you know about your CEOs, Neil? I'm in. Do they like Kool-Aid? They drink some sort of Kool-Aid. Um, I think it's, oh man, I, I'm pretty close to the name. I think it's like Steve Ballmer. Ballmer. I guess that makes sense with your clue. Close to Baller. Steve Ballmer. I, I always get him mixed up with Paul Allen, who owns the Seahawks, who I think also worked at. Fortunately, no longer. Oh, no longer. Yeah, okay. he passed away last year, I think. I saw what you're saying. It sounds like I put a bunch of names in a blender and <laughs> spit some out. Add a little Kool-Aid. Um... I, I'm just going to go with Balmer as, as my Jeopardy guess. Balmer. I said Alan Ball. Uh, it's Steve Balmer. <laughs> oh, I was right. Good. Yeah, Paul Steve Allen Balmer. owned... Uh, Steve Balmer is the right Paul right Allen answer. owned part of the Timbers, I think. Um, the Shiver the Me Timbers. Yep. Well, because he owned part of the MLS team with Drew Carey. Um, they were co-owners together. So Steve Ballmer, he was the one from that Microsoft conference who like did the funny dance everyone made fun of, right? Maybe he's a really tall bald guy. Yeah, the yeah. Dad okay. dancing. The dad dancing. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer. Steve okay. Ballmer. Yes. Now we know. All right. Next one. Things happen in threes, including celebrity deaths. Along with the writer philosopher Aldous Huxley, two other famous men died on the same day in the same year as him. Both authors, though not necessarily one's most well-known profession. The first man is known for writing a fantasy series for children involving a large cat, a sorceress, and a large piece of furniture, and the other won a Pulitzer Prize for authoring Profiles in Courage. I have one of them. I'm just trying to figure out yeah. who the other one is. Man. Okay. I'm locked in. This is, like, really wrong. Okay. I'm locked in. I only have Lewis Carroll, and I can't remember the other one. Um I feel like George Orwell died on a day similar to someone else, so I just said Orwell. Um, yeah, so you were thinking of C.S. Lewis. Or C.S. Lewis. Lewis Carroll was uh, Alice in Wonderland. But C.S. Lewis for Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. And I couldn't think of the other one, and I was just trying to think of someone who could have died who maybe wasn't an author. And Profiles and Courage made me think of someone who interviewed people, so I just put Walter Cronkite. And I put C.S. Lewis and uh, Kennedy. It is. C.S. Lewis and JFK. Points! Points, guys! <laughs> I was going to say uh, Kennedy that's like as a right. president, but I'm like, did he write a book? But, I've, yeah. That's where I heard it from. 
Yeah, that's right. Points since question three. Of the first round. Yeah, I should have known that. When I was at the um, Sixth Floor Museum, um, there's one other person who was killed, like murdered in Dallas that day. And so obviously that person really never got any news coverage. And Mm -hmm. then um, one of the other facts that I remember seeing there was like two other famous people died. And so Hmm. C.S. Lewis and Aldous Huxley. Hmm. All right. Today, the Mason-Dixon line marks parts of the borders of four U.S. states. I presume you'd like the four U.S. states. I see the head shakes, and if you can give me one. Okay. I would be happy. <laughs> no, this is, well, Jeff's going to get points. Maybe. Uh, I make jokes about the Mason-Dixon line all the time for getting exactly where it's at. Um, I'm locked in. Well, Jeff's going to get this for sure. Mason-Dixon line. I always hear it when they're like, oh, it's west of the Mason-Dixon line or south of the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> Uh, you locked in? Yep. Both of you? I said Kentucky. Can you name all of them for us? I don't have to. I know, but just because. I don't think I can. I don't I don't know where it's at. 100%, okay. So. Okay. And I said uh, Mississippi. I thought the Mason-Dixon line had something to do with the Missouri Compromise, so I said Missouri. Oh, so wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> it's it's uh, further northeast. It's Pennsylvania, Delaware, West Virginia, and Maryland. I was going to go a little north. Okay. I was going to say West Virginia, and I was like, I thought it was in the south. Okay. Well, south, south. All right. Mark Cuban played the president in the third movie in this film series. Locked in. Me too. Oh, wow. Uh, I have no idea. Third movie in this film series. I'll say Men in Black. I said Sharknado. Sharknado. Oh, it's Sharknado. Gross. <laughs> finally, the I'm, Sharknado question. I'm proud yep. to not know that. <laughs> 19 questions, but finally got to it. Yeah, we were waiting for that Ian Ziering question. All right, last question in round two, please. All right, we're going to end with some more math. Take the, number, take the total number of Billboard Hot 100 hits by CCR and subtract the number of NCAA football championships by the University of Iowa and add in the number of films that have won the big five in the Academy Awards. Okay, locked in. And that CCR one is the total number one hits. I'm locked in. Okay. Um, Carry the one. (laughs) I don't know about the CCR hits. Um, And then the big five are, uh, it happened one night, uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Science of the Lambs. So three, and I don't know if Iowa has ever won the NCAA championship. They've won a Big Ten championship, and I don't think they've ever gone to the big game and won it. So I'm going to say if it was, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 0-0 zero, zero plus three. So I'm going to say three. I said uh, six for CCR just as a guess because I have no idea, but they have a lot of pretty notable songs. I said zero for the uh, titles, and I thought it was four for the Oscars, so ten. Um, I thought it would be funny if the answer was zero because I was pretty sure Iowa had zero. So I uh, I figured the Oscar one, I couldn't remember if it was three or four, but I figured maybe the CCR one could be three or four. So I said zero. It was three. So CCR, Ooh, so close. CCR had no hits. Uh, Iowa, I had to throw in rubbing, <laughs> rubbing some on that. Salt in the wounds, yeah. No football championships. And you're right with three films. That, that felt good and the game that way. And I love that I, c- I could say that we lost all of the NCAA. You know, we never had it. Oh, probably it never good. even made it. Probably never will. Yeah. All right. After regulation, it looks like a new leader has uh, joined the pack. So in third place is Ken with 50 points. Yikes. Jeff has uh, fallen behind with 75 points. And somehow 
I don't know how. Uh, I am in first place with 95 points, and I'm most likely going to lose the game. But <laughs> let's see what uh, these categories are, Sarah, for our final round. All right. The first one is Miss Congeniality. Number two, Judd Apatow's Poster Child. Number three, The Art of Funk. Number four, King Tut. And number five, The Graduate. Ready to swing for the fences here. All the wagers are locked in. So, Sarah, let's start with question one. Theme is the SNL Five Timers Club. Okay. So these are all hosts of SNL that have hosted five times or more. Miss Congeniality. I was the first female host and the first female to enter the club in 1990. Judd Apatow's poster child. I'm the newest member of the Five Timers Club, gaining admittance in 2018. The Art of Funk. I've technically only hosted SNL four times, but was granted membership because I've been the musical guest so many times. I was actually the first person to host and perform at the same time. King Tut. I took the shortest time to enter the club, taking one year and 181 days. In total, I've hosted the second most behind Alec Baldwin. And the last one, The Graduate, I was the first member of the Five Timers Club. You, write, you might also recognize me as Liz Lemon's father. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. The answers have been locked in after a long discussion here in the studio. Um, So as Sarah mentioned, these are all SNL hosts, famous SNL hosts. So Sarah, let's go through each question and uh, hear our answers. For the first category of Miss Congeniality, I was the first female host and the first female to enter the club in 1990. All right, so I wagered a big zero on this one, and uh, I didn't think about it too hard because I didn't know, and I just said Jamie Lee Curtis. I wagered five points on this one uh, before I knew it was an SNL category, but uh, it uh, was uh, Murphy Brown herself, Candace Bergen. 
Yeah, I can't. Uh, I'm not really great with like mid late '80s actresses. Uh, I love Jane Curtin on SNL. So for my ten points, I wagered. I, I said Jane Curtin. It was Candace Bergen. So the rich get richer. Neil. Yeah, yeah. The only reason I know a lot of these is they do all those sketches where they all come back with like their smoking jackets on, and she was in one. Might have been for the 40th anniversary. Huh. Yeah. For the second category, Judd Apatow's Poster Child. I'm the newest member of the club, gaining admittance in 2018. Well, I put most of my points on this one. So for Big 30, I picked somebody who's famous for Judd Apatow movies and put Seth Rogen. Uh, Yeah, I wagered five on this one. I believe uh, they did a sketch where they gave him his jacket, and I think Steve Martin might have come up and said, great job, and I think it's Jonah Hill. Admittedly, I wagered 10. Um, I actually went through three options here because I remember Emma Stone has hosted multiple times, but I think she's only done three. I know Bill Hader's come back since he left SNL to host, but I don't imagine it's five times, so I guessed Jonah Hill. It's Jonah Hill. (laughs) (laughs) The poor hit poor. (laughs) I really messed this one up, guys. (laughs) Seth Rogen's also hosted, right? I think all... Uh, all I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The third category, The Art of Funk. I've technically only hosted SNL four times, but was granted membership because I've been the musical guest so many times. I was actually the first person to both host and perform in the same episode. Well, I wagered zero, and just based on the funk, I said James Brown, though I can't really picture him hosting, but that'd be cool. Uh, I wagered zero on this one, and uh, going uh, with her category name, The Art of Funk, I thought she meant art garfunkel and i know paul simon is in the five timers club and he also performs so i put paul simon that's really cheeky neil um i wagered 10 uh i guess i was channeling too much of eddie murphy's hot tub uh scene and i said james brown cheeky does it because it was paul simon Mm. hello darkness (laughs) (laughs) that's where i'm at right now yep slow zoom in on ken's face for King Tut, I took the shortest time to enter the club, taking one year and 181 days. In total, I've hosted the second most behind Alec Baldwin. I uh, had zero on this one, and I put Steve Martin. Uh, I also had zero on this one, and uh, I just know he's always hosted a ton. I put Steve Martin. Uh, I wagered 10 points on this. I know he hosted a bunch in the early episodes. He was basically like an unofficial official guest host, and I said Steve Martin. It was Steve Martin. Yes, zero points. I am back to a wash, so currently I'm at 75. Devastating. (laughs) This has been a devastating game. And the last one, The Graduate. I was the first member of the club. You might also recognize me as Liz Lemon's father. Man, I just could not picture who plays Liz Lemon's father. I know Jeff could picture him, but couldn't come up with his name. Uh, But I picked um, Zoe Deschanel's father on New Girl, Rob Reiner, for 20 points. Oh, it's a good guess. Um, I had no idea. Uh, I wagered zero, and I just picked someone who I love who's been on many times and uh, said Martin Short. Um, Well, given it's The Graduate, I know it's not Dustin Hoffman. I can remember the actor. Um, You never forget old Dick lemon and uh i uh i i guess i'm gonna lose my 10 points because i couldn't come up with the actor here his name was buck henry and he actually was nominated for best adapted screenplay for the graduate mm. he was not in the graduate buck henry yep oh i didn't I even know he was on snl i think he also did the movie heaven can wait yeah it's because you yeah. weren't around in the early or mid 70s neil oh i was <laughs> i'm always around all right, so after regulation Hello, uh, and the friend. final round, Ken has zero points, a goose egg, again. and uh, Jeff has 65 points, uh, and uh, for some reason, uh, somehow, I've 
become the cream of the crop today with 115 points. I will applaud that. Hey, good job, Neil. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. I'm better than you are, yeah. All right, Sarah, you should always host games when I play by myself. <laughs> I'll be gracious I'll, I'll in defeat. Eke out a win. Uh, but no, that was a great game. All those questions were really good. It's just, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's the time that we're recording here at 5 in the morning or if it's... I know uh, what happened with Ken's game. It yeah, was, sometimes you shake up the bag of questions and it's just not in your wheelhouse. And it shakes out as dog breeds and there's no going back. Although you did better on dog breeds than I did, so so much for that. Yeah, I know my cartoons, I guess. Um, so, Sarah, tell us a little bit about what you're going to do the rest of the day uh, going to Lollapalooza. What are you most looking forward to? Oh, seeing some Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. DJing, uh, right? For sure, for sure. Or dunking. Both. He's going to dunk while DJing. Nice. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, I don't know who else. Ariana, I know, is headlining. Donut liquor. Um, <laughs> that's about it. That's about it. Um, and uh, do you play trivia with the team uh, back home? We actually do this at work a couple times. Oh, cool. cool. Um, we take turns whipping up questions and hosting over lunch. Nice. Any shout outs you'd like to give to some friends? Uh, my coworkers who help me with these questions, pass them. And um, I already mentioned Cameron and Robin, I guess, but make sure I get everyone here. But Zach, Claire, uh, Seattle, and Drea, who also is at Lala here. Okay. Nice. Was that someone's name, Seattle? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It's a dream right? team right there. She's yeah. going to be fangirling right now. Probably. Yeah. And as I had to make a note, because we switched them in the beginning here, uh, you work in Lincoln, but you're from <laughs> Omaha. So shout out to I Omaha. Just, I just let that pass. How dare you, Neil? How dare you? <laughs> it's I, Nebraska. They're all kind of the same. I had to right? make sure it was right. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much, Sarah, for um, not only driving out here uh, during your Lollapalooza trip, but writing a game and spending some time with us. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much. And for supporting thanks, the show. Yeah, thank you. Uh, well, thank you to uh, all of our listeners, of course. Uh, hit us up at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast if you'd like to join Sarah. Uh, join us on Facebook at The Crop if you want to interact with other listeners, especially when the episodes are released. Or just leave a review. Rate us on iTunes. That's also very helpful. Yeah, we had a great review the other day that we'll mention. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll mention it because Matt isn't here. But uh, someone said that they loved the show and really enjoyed the camaraderie between the three friends and the other guy. Was that what well, was three, it? I, I believe it was the three fun guys and their, and friend. their friend. Three fun guys and their friend. And, and we I, all know which one it is. So that, I said, some people just want to watch the world burn. Yes. Or, uh, more correctly, you said, uh, some people just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> Something about diamonds in Africa. <laughs> um, so, yeah, well, that was a great review. So, yeah, keep sending in those reviews. Uh, we see them. We appreciate them. And, uh, and you know, we love them. So thank you for reaching out. And, uh, yeah, for Matt, who's uh, still trying out for that Mormon Tabernacle Choir. That's, uh, weird. That's a weird one, man. It is a weird one, but he's trying. Um, thank you to Jeff, Ken, Sarah, and, uh, and myself. Uh, that was Triviality. Thanking yourself, huh? Thanking myself. I have to thank myself because if I don't do it, no one else will. <laughs>what about the snorks what's the snorks it's a tv reference i'm sure no it's like like the smurfs but it was like but they all have allergies they lived underwater and they had like snorkels for head on their heads Mm. it's a ripoff no it's like a total actual cartoon it's funny that jeff would be a fan of the snorks but (laughs) refuses to watch the smurfs Uh, i much prefer the snorks i like uh i like snorkette Uh, she's better than jimmy buffett (laughs) yeah the full episode of (laughs) finding dennis wilson's corpse (laughs) in the sea (laughs) I'm sure he was cremated first. And then all of a sudden you hear fun, fun, fun.